Welcome everyone to another Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm Ryan Muhammad with Becker's Healthcare. I'm thrilled to have with me today, Dr. Stacey Reynolds, Chief Pediatric Emergency Medicine at Atrium Health. Dr. Reynolds, it's so nice to meet you. How are you today? I'm doing really well. It's great to get to talk to you. Yeah, of course, you as well. Well, to begin, would you mind please introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Sure, absolutely. My name is Stacy Reynolds. I'm the, um, as you said, the Chief of Pediatric Emergency Medicine at Atrium Health. I, my uh, children's emergency department is based out of uh, Levine Children's Hospital through the Department of Emergency Medicine at Carolina's Medical Center. Um, my background is that I'm a fellowship-trained pediatric emergency medicine subspecialist and a board-certified emergency physician who uh, also trained in pediatrics um, a long time ago. And then um, in addition to playing a role in regional operations for pediatric emergency medicine, I also serve as the medical director for a, a human trafficking response team here. Wonderful, thank you so much. And so to begin with the real questions, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I would I would definitely say in the last um, few months it's been the collision of flu A and B and RSV layered on top of the residual COVID in our community and the capacity challenges that that's created for us. So in our uh, children's emergency department, we were seeing volumes that were 1.7 to two times the normal uh, volume of patients that we would see at this time of year. Um, so that you can imagine the capacity challenges that that created. Um, we, and, and this all is all layered onto a nurse staffing shortage, um, which can make it challenging to match um, physician and nurse staffing to drive um, changes and, and increase flow through the department. Uh, we faced a statewide PICU bed shortage in the last few months, and then all of this is layered on top of the, the mental health crisis. And I will, I will say in addition to that, um, you know, really on the other side of COVID, we're seeing many of our kids kind of falling through the cracks as the community safety net really took a beating um, during all the things that were going on during COVID. So I think we're starting to recognize the increased vulnerability of our kids and the, the need to think broadly about, you know, how do we restore health to the kids that we care for. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I also noticed that beggars have been reporting a lot of those sicknesses and how it's just escalating across the nation. Uh, especially because of the holidays coming up. So that will definitely be interesting to see uh, the report soon. Um, but thinking about the future, how are you thinking about investments in growth in the next two to three years or so? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, in the next relatively short-term two-year window, I think really it, it, how are we going to improve access to acute care? So what do we learn from this recent surge that we just experienced and how do we how do we do this better? Um, this is a predictable season. It just hit especially hard this year um, because of the intersection of so many illnesses. So next year when our schools open, what will we do differently to be more effective? Um, I think there's also a tremendous opportunity to invest in technology to facilitate how patients enter and use emergency care facilities. And so that's something that our teams have been thinking about um, broadly as we think about you know, futuristic possibilities for what pediatric emergency medicine can look like. And then in, in my role as a 
medical director for HT, I think the most important lessons are that we really need to intervene earlier for children with complex trauma. And so as we're thinking about how we deal with the capacity challenges um, in mental health care, in addition to, you know, looking at the immediate need for inpatient capacity, I think we also have to look more broadly at how we intervene earlier and are more effective um, in surrounding our kids with the community and resources that they need earlier before we have um, some of the crisis things that we've been seeing more recently. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. And before I let you go, doctor, the last thing that I actually wanted to ask you is, what are you most excited about right now that's happening in your field or in your company? Oh, great. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So our company is actively growing um, and that has been very exciting because the the partners that we've been introduced to in other regions have all been really great like-minded partners. Um, and so now I feel like our network of, of, of our network of colleagues has gotten stronger. Um, and that could not be more timely because healthcare is changing rapidly. Um, but I think that's also very exciting because I think this is a time where we're probably rewriting the history of healthcare delivery. Um, and so, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's hard, but it's exciting when you step back and think about how many things are changing and the opportunity that, that we have to um, rethink some of what we do in healthcare. Yeah, that definitely does sound exciting. Thank you so much for sharing uh, those final thoughts, Dr. Reynolds. That is all I have for you. So I wanna thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This has been a great discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Great, thank you.